Hello, welcome to the podcast. This is We Are Consulting. Today's episode is brought to you by Dealer Allies. Dealer Allies was founded by Amar Sani. They provide consulting and training for all your staff at the dealership. They include custom programs that help you conquer your digital marketing efforts from website to digital advertising, Google, Facebook, all that jazz. They will help facilitate your USPs as well as explain the the who, what, where, why, and how of all your marketing efforts. Amar is a great guy, been in the business for a long time. If you need an ally on your side, Amar is your guy. For more information, go to www.dealerallies.com forward slash WAC. That's dealerallies.com slash WAC. Without further ado, let's get this episode started. Today, we're speaking with Brent Weiss of The Next Up. I've seen him speak plenty of times on dealer process, and we kind of go into a lot of different topics. So hold on tight, and here we go. All right, so I I believe we're live because the recording happened there. So uh, today we're talking about dealer process, uh, in particular the sales process, managers, just everything related to that side of the business. And so, uh, with that, I want to thank and introduce uh, a person that I've seen multiple shows and, and heard talk, and that's Brent Weiss of Next Up. So, Brent, I, I appreciate you taking some time and joining me today. Well, thanks very much, Brandon. I'm uh, I'm thrilled to be on. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, real quick, yeah, I. I what is director of first impressions? <laughs> I um, that is a uh, Clint Burns, our CEO, and I. When I he asked me to come on board, we weren't really sure what I was going to do for the company at the time. So, okay. <laughs> um, you know, there was just like a lot of things. Like, you know, we want they wanted me to be out there speaking and you know helping with strategy and you know looking at biz dev, different things. And um, so we just put that down as director of first impressions because we felt that. Um, you know, I was going to become, you know, a, a bit of the mouthpiece for the company and start telling our story a bit more. And, and I believe that that is sort of the core of, of what our, our software does too. It, it allows dealerships and their sales rotations to um, make that great first impression by, by getting away from all the old bad habits of, yep. of uh you know, that, that happened at dealers. Well, it's still happening. It's not that everyone's abandoned them, but you know, the, the dealers that do sort of try to try to evolve themselves with, with the customer base and, and with, you know, people's uh, sentiment to towards car shopping. Uh, yeah. I, we, we thought it was a, a fitting title. And now that um, I head up and direct our, our marketing efforts as well, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a fun title rather than uh, yeah. know, a CMO or director of marketing. So it's, uh, you know, unique like me, I guess. And yeah, I credit Clint with uh, handing it over. Exactly. Unique is a, is a good word. And, and you do have great first impressions when it comes to the automotive space. So oh, thank um, you. how, you know, uh, I have this note written down about time management for salespeople and sales managers. Like, would you not agree? That's like mm. one of the top three components of, Hey, you need to have good time management skills. And, and I don't want you to feed into the findings of, of what we're about to talk to you, but yeah, like time management, has got to be important, right? Yeah. I, I believe that when you really, when it really comes down to it, I, I think that is almost foundational with sales managers and salespeople that are working. And it's not really looked at that, that way. Um, I, I strongly believe that the people that are the most successful 
really do have like brilliant time management or or just processes that that they that they stick to day in and day out they have a playbook you know it's like it's almost like a new england patriots sort of yep Yep. a comparison you know like belichick has had a playbook since he was coaching in cleveland for god's sake you know and he he sticks to a methodology of how things go and and that buy-in is from the top down. And so there's that sort of time management and process management that they put in and that's why they're so successful. And I think that, I think that's the one thing that people forget to ask others that when they see a successful dealership or a successful sales managers or salespeople, I, I bet you dollars to donuts that the one thing that is never asked is like, you know, how do you manage your time? Right. You know, I, I don't right. think anyone does it. You know, everyone just, just wants to figure out how they can they can get to that level as quickly as possible with the least amount of business. My um my favorite rebuttal to um dealers that I go visit and I, you know you know I'm speaking to managers in particular and and I know you know yeah some managers truly are busy they got a lot of stuff on their plate or they're sure. you know they become a busy store there's only one manager and so I'm okay with that but I have this rebuttal that you know automotive space little rugged little raw and I always use this the Tiger Woods analogy right and I always say. You know, Tiger Woods' schedule is so crazy with sponsorships, golf, that, you know, he's on the range uh, four or five times a day. He's doing a round. He's in the gym. Then he's got Nike stuff to do. He's got his own brand stuff to do. He's got a family, yet he still found time to cheat on his wife. Right? And yeah. so in that whole... He, like, he, went to, he went to great lengths. Right. And so he had all these things that, you know, and, you know, so, you know, uh, Bilicek, his playbook, he has a play for every single situation. And so... He's organized that, and you know it's not a specific time, but same sort of scenario. So, what when you? I mean, I, I believe you know. Next up, did a study talked about you know talk about the, the the findings of the hours spent not in front of a customer. So, um, I think we're up now past thirty million data points, like on our platform from dealers take like dealers using the system and it measuring like all those transactions of people as they you know come through the door of the dealership. Yeah, and so as we time track. Uh, salespeople and we also time track like you know the managers and the amount of intros they're also doing during the day we can we can read all that daily time and um, still to this day there's there's certain consistency in the in the data that's always really telling since I've been on like for the last three years that I've seen but I know that some of the data is is even trends the same even farther back than three just three years but as, as long as I've been around the data has remained that dealer staff dealership staff are not in front of customers for for about five hours of their day now if you know, if if i, I don't know down to the second but right like if you go into our data for the last three or four years it's the same amount of time i don't care if it's four yeah. hours one minute rounded up to five hours that's still half your shift <laughs> right like that's not that's not even half your like right. if you're working an eight hour shift like yeah. you know what i mean i don't know you know what i mean I, i'm not going to speak on what people's shifts are but i look at that too going okay so you work a seven hour day. Cause if you have lunch and a couple of breaks and you take, right. you know, half an hour to an hour off in the yeah. day, that, that kind of leaves seven to seven and a half hours open. And, and five of those hours are not in front of customers. And so the data points, does it take into account for the, for the dealers that actually book their appointments and deliveries within the app? It's going to take those as time in front of a customer, not misallocate those hours, no, it'll right? take, yeah, it'll take that as time. It, naturally, yeah. anything with an appointment, stuff like that, it'll take that as time in front of a customer, sure. Right. But once you average out the stores, 
And yeah. then you average out the regions and nationally and stuff like that, it still comes out to five hours. Right. And then even if you've got stores that aren't putting appointments in, there's probably going to, so, so it's four hours, but still half your shift, if not more. Right. And that's, it's sure. fun. So, and I, I don't remember when I first heard that sort of speech from you and, and you talk about, I think there's five or six reasons and they're pretty funny. And I don't know the names cause they're all scientific or made up. I can't, how sick is your sales? Yeah. So I took, yeah, I, took yeah. I took real, I took real medical phobias right. and I tied them to a dealership environment. And so was one of them just laziness? Uh, I couldn't remember. Of, uh, some, some were fear of being forgotten. One was fear of being forgotten. One was uh, fear of the, pa- the passage of time, which is that's when we brought up the five hours. Like, you know, that people are afraid of like, I don't have enough time in my day, which is the excuse of everyone. It's like, I'm right. too busy. I don't have enough time to do this. Well, you actually have five hours. So, yeah. um, you know, I get it. And I, and I won't say that's every day for everybody. Like if you've yeah. got a busy day of a point, like you've, you've, you've put a lot of appointments in one day or you've got deliveries, like I get it, but yep. you know, that's not every day of your week. Yeah. So, I always, I always looked at, uh, when I sold cars, you know, I tried to stay busy as, as often as I could because of the training I took, you know, whether it was Dwayne Marino or my own managers or, you know, reading mm. it, you know, I, I found that you know, this, I've never really met non-commissioned salespeople. I mean, there are some stores out there that are salary with, with volume based, but I always found that the commissioned salespeople wouldn't work because they weren't getting paid technically, right? I'm not on the clock. <laughs> They're not paying me right now. I get paid to sell cars. And so I yeah. found that was when, and then mismanagement was a big one, right? You've got new salespeople uh, being hired and learning the bad habits from, you know, the, the old guard or the relatively new guard that just are taking advantage of the system. Like, do you think that plays a role? Sure. A bit? Oh yeah. Well, it's terrifying when you think about it, you know, if you've got a, if you've got new people coming in that actually want to work and you know, the, the, the associations are telling everyone it's a great industry to work in. So people go, okay, I'm going to go check that out. Then they jump into a dealership with a manager and sales managers that aren't aren't going to help them, aren't going to mentor them and, and, you know, get them, make them successful because they're quote unquote too busy or they're, like you said, they're, they're stuck in their own bad habits. So it's bad habits, teaching bad habits. It's like, you know, it's like, um, uh, it's like, you know, and and most people know this about me, right? Like I, you know, I mean, I don't drink and the reason I don't drink is because I'm a recovering alcoholic. So it's like having me, bartend your, your stag and dough. Right. It's not a good idea. So it's like, (laughs) so it's like, you know, it's like, it's, but it's the same thing. It's like, it's not a good idea, but still we keep doing it in this industry. So it is this weird sort of addictive, you know, sick industry because we keep sending all these new fresh people who are eager and want to learn and you're putting them in front of people who either tell their ownership, Oh, I have my way of doing things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or, they're so hooked on target that they just focus on the people that are getting them to target. And they forget the loyalty to the person that put them in this great position with this great salary and all the perks of being a GM yeah. or an SM, you know, they, they, they quickly forget that because they're so hooked on, on the targets. And, and again, I have to, I have to weight that with, I know the OEMs put like a lot of pressure on yes, people. Yes. I know that dealers have to carry inventory, which they pay huge amounts of interest on. And when the market goes down, it's, nightmarish for them like so i get it but i think if you're elevating everyone as a massive team if you've got 20 people and you're elevating them all the same way if you're like bella checking them and getting everyone moving to the same rhythm selling more like you know what i mean and adding to their numbers every single month based on like coaching mentorship and and 
positive reinforcement instead of like, here's your computer, there's the front door, go stand yeah. up there and try, yeah. and try on your first day. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, um, and I think also too, there's this weird sort of notion of, um, if I can go off on a little bit of a tangent, yes. like all these sales, hus- all these sales hustlers. Yeah. And, you know, we got this, you know, it was interesting. We got this, this thing and, and, and it's always these like new guys, these young guys that are like, you know, they, they've, they've gotten so addicted to the, to the sound bites on social media about, about what it takes to be like, they see all these pictures of people that are sort of falsifying yep. what is what. And then they go into places and these places want to instill some sort of process or they want you to use a CRM or they want you to use like, you know, like if you're on this team, you need to use this software, be it a tech or a salesperson or finance, whatever it is. And then they, well, I'm going to do my own thing because like I'm, I'm this hustler. And yeah. I find that most of the time when we bring our software and we have someone that sort of, you know, bitches and moans about it. When I go look at the team report and see where those people are, they're, you know, like I, I just had a guy who like, you know, let us up on a Facebook review. I looked at their store and looked at where he was out of 16 guys and he was like 14. Yeah. You know, so you're not, you know what I mean? Maybe you should hustle less on Facebook and your belly aching and maybe, you know, yeah. Do some work. Get some help. Like ask a manager for some mentorship. Yeah. You know, look at look at ways to like utilize that five hours and and, and build your business. Like yeah. yeah, prove prove that you're. And I hate the term hustler. It just it, it yeah. just manifests everything that we're talking about, right? Like yeah. there's there's all this weird stuff in this industry that will slowly go away, and uh, you know, and, and can't happen too soon. Yeah, and, and, I, I, and I hope so because I hope so for the dealer's sake. Really, I do yeah. because they're they're. You know, I, I genuinely like working with them and I and I like the people who run these stores. It's just I hope they I hope they can get past the you know, feeling handcuffed that they can't find good people. Yeah, I always found yeah, that was one of the things I was gonna say is, you know, because I sold cars at at a local dealer here for three, four years and um, you know, finding decent, you know, you know, it's twofold, right? You've got, you know, the times are changing, dealerships are changing, buyers are changing. But dealerships were still stuck in the old processes. And so they've gotten a lot better, I'll, I'll admit. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, you know, to find to find someone to sell cars because the first thing they think of is the 1960s, 70s, 80s sleazy car salesperson. And that's not the case. It's, it's so far from the truth that, you know, when I was selling cars, it was about a relationship and making sure everything was okay and, and talking to you. And, you know, everything's on the internet now. So that kind of reduced you couldn't lie to a customer anymore. And, you know, one of the sayings yeah. I live by is you can't get caught telling the truth. Right. And so if I treated every customer, right. And, great. That's a great thing. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. um, back to that, that bad habits thing you talked about um, salespeople becoming sales managers who had poor time management. Like that's, I see that everywhere. Every manager. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just the next it's, it's the Gretzky effect, right? Like, Oh, they were really good on the floor. Yeah, put them on the bench. To Clearly coach. they're going to, they're <laughs> going to be a good manager, but if they don't, if, if all they've had to ever had to focus on is themselves, what, what, what will make them, and you can, like you can take right. someone and, and, you know, mold them the way you want to mold them. But I think to, to the point you're making, and that's something you hear a lot, right? And, and it happens a lot. It's like, um, uh, you know, people, well, it's the same thing on the vendor side, people that are really great at a dealership and they have a, a vendor relationship and then they leave to go, go onto a vendor side and they're, you know, they struggle because it's, it's just a different animal. It's like, if I went to more to go sell cars, like, yeah. you know, I, I'd, I'd probably try to glean everything I possibly could to, you know, make my day useful and successful. But, you know, I'm not going to be, 
I'm, I'm probably going to flounder at, at the start too, if I'm not guided the right way and, you know, have those things in place. But uh, yeah, I think that the sales, the hotshot salesperson being elevated to sales manager, um, just because they're successful is, you, you know, just take a look at all the, well, hell, it's like, the whole Edmonton Oilers organization, if we can make a <laughs> hockey reference to it. It's like all they did was hire like everyone from their glory <laughs> the days. 80s, yeah, the 80s. And days, they yeah. just, and they finally just got rid of everybody again, right? Like, yeah. They, they got the whole 80s Stanley Cup team up in the press box as coaches of some kind of thing. And teams, teams garbage, right? So, yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, having a tool like Next Up, and I've seen it in action at, at a few dealerships and, you know, yeah. uh, me working for Divasock at a CRM company, it, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, we have an integration going well, on, to, like right. a newer one going on too. Right. And so the thing I find, and, and you know, you, I use the tools as a salesperson, I used it as an internet sales manager, and I used it to build a BDC. And, mm. you know, I'll speak in reference of the BDC. I consistently saw $700 more gross per vehicle only because I was able to use the tool effectively to keep keep my tasks up and I didn't have to focus as, and this is the other side to, you know, I think why salespeople have a bad time management. I was salary plus a little bit of a bonus. So I had a guarantee and I would map out, I, you know, I'd call Brent in three months because I needed to, whereas a salesperson might forget to call because they're focused on the next 15 to 30 days to, to make their mortgage payment. Yeah. Right. But, but having a tool, yeah. I'll say this, having a tool like next up provides you the time to work your CRM, work your database, build relationships with customers. And then, you know, when it's close to your turn, you get the note, I guess I'm, I can't, from what I remember, you got a notification, Hey, you're up next, you know? Yeah. They come, they come to the app, but that's exactly, you know what I mean? And you said it just it's the, the way mindset. Can, you yeah. know, CEO will say it. Like that's all we're trying to do is just give, we're trying to show the staff the time we're giving them to actually go build like a really solid book of business. Right. And that's what people don't understand. Like most people in, and if people are reluctant to do that, then you see people who are just like, if they're reluctant to do it, either either they haven't been trained correctly and they're just afraid of the technology, like, okay, I don't understand my CRM. Use that time to like learn like a heavier piece of tech. Like our tech's not heavy. And I know the CRMs have gotten a lot more elegant with their interfaces and things like that. So, but if you're, if you're unsure of things, that, that, that's where you've got that time to hone skills to make your job and your success rate coach greater. train you know it's coach training yeah coach train or and then when you're in there like work that book like you know it, it's interesting I, I was at lexus of las vegas last fall and just doing some filming and stuff and they've got a really young staff they've got a lot of young people on that staff and they use it but a lot of them too are really building um good books of of, of people and, and yeah. you know like you know reoccurring customers and things like that so what they like about the tool as well is that because it's on the mobile app they can sort of move around the building they don't have to sort of hover around point if there's something they need to do because they've got it on their phone in their pocket so they know if they 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 can tell where they are they don't have to come all the way back into the front to see what the kiosk and where they are but also they can take themselves off if if they're also sort of knee deep in their appointments that day or you know some some bvacs have happened some other things have happened it allows them to come off, but if things lull out again, then they can put themselves right back on and potentially get a new opportunity, a new person to add into their book of business. Right. Instead of just standing at the front and relying on the dealership's marketing to provide you your, your livelihood. Yeah, especially with 2019 flatlining, well, staying flat or even declining and you know, there's no growth mm. this year, right? Like that's the prediction. And a lot of OEMs have had their meetings with their with dealer groups and dealerships about 
you know, here's your targets and they're not big like last year. (laughs) We've kind of maintained, if not declined a little, just because, you know, which, you know, for me, uh, so when was the recession? 08, 09. So 10 years of growth and everyone could rely and take for granted that the floor track was going to make their, their year. And now they can't. And, you know, we're into, you know, almost the end of March and I have dealers that are, you know, stressing. And, you know, yeah, sure. You know, it's like, and, it's, and they're stressing because they, for the last 10 years, they didn't change anything, right? right. They went through this awful, this awful recession and uh, it did a lot of damage. And then people started buying cars again. So it's like, oh, it's like, it's like, I, and I don't know if you remember this, but it's like when cigarettes got really cheap back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's like, it, it's exactly like it. Like cigarettes were creeping on like eight, nine dollars a pack back in the early 90s. And everybody was going, I'm going to quit. Like it's, once if it goes up even one more quarter i'm quitting and just at that time when everyone was like it's getting way too expensive to smoke the government took off all these taxes <laughs> to re, like rejuvenate the tobacco industry and cigarettes went back down to like 250 a pack that's crazy and it was like f this let's smoke right like that's right and it, and it was it kept everybody on the darts for probably five or ten more years or whatever it was but yep. it, it's that short memory of look how bad things were is that good enough to change? And I, and I say this to dealers, right. And like I alluded to before about, you know, the fact that I'm in, re- I, I, and I've been in recovery for a long, long time, like a couple of decades now, but I always sort of share that sometimes with dealers. It's like, I understand what a bottom is, right? Yes. Like I, I've, I've lived it. I've been there. I know what a bottom is. And I always ask the dealers like, what the thing they have to think about is what is your, what is the true bottom for your business for you to like finally go, I need to holistically and physically like just philosophically change everything about how we're running this store. Like, it's like fo- what it, yeah. and I asked him in Vegas, I'm like, picture that in your head. Like, what does that look like? How, 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 how big is the bottom, right? Like how bad is it? Yep. So for you to, to you to change. And, and I, I wonder if they, they really do put thought about that. Cause you're right. Like it is, they are busy places and there's, they're kind of chaotic, but, that doesn't excuse them from not evolving. Yep. I, I've, I've recently had lots of dealers um, rethinking process and, you know, simplifying it to achieve more. Right. So instead of, you know, and not, not necessarily thinking all about the quantity, but you know, they, they're focusing more on quality uh, with a, a part of quantity in the sense of, okay, you know, we don't want to pound our customers. We don't want to piss them off because, no. you know, we, we get that part of it. So yeah, a lot, a lot of reworks right now, but, any processes that we haven't talked about, you know, what can a, do, a dealer do to correct its course? You know, if they're not efficient, if they're not that effective, is there any other things, you know, whether it's next? Yeah, there's, there's small. Yeah, it's funny. There's small things like we put out. We just dropped a little ebook today, uh, you know, of all things, because we, you know, Mark Stringfellow, our VP of sales, you know, he talks to dealers all the time. So he, his fingers on the pulse of what's going on out there. And Mark, you know, is hearing the same thing from dealers, like things are flat, you know, it's not, you know, and everyone knows it's not going to like pick up anytime soon. So, you know, Mark, Mark had an idea, like we should make some little handbook, like a, like a field guide to help these guys through it because we have friends in the industry that all have really good things that they can add to it. So we built this little download um steve stoning uh jennifer suzuki and glenn pash were like so we took three friends from outside and just said here's something that like because we want we want people to do well we want people to wrap their heads around any kind of process so we we built this little like i think it's a little four-pager ebook 
they can go to thenextup.com backslash ebook and you can download it there. Um, but it's, it's not even about even adopting software. It's simply like Steve talked about, here's some stuff you can measure manually on the floor. Like here's some day counts you can do like pencil and paper if you have to. Um, you know, Jennifer was talking uh, in the book about, um, you know, how to use that phone time. Like we were talking about earlier, like, you know, time in, not in front of customers and Jennifer yeah. really dove into some really simple things about utilizing um, your phone time in, in, in that, in that skill. Cause she's so good at that. And even Glenn Pash, which I, I really like Glenn's piece was like called like this, like this five minute check-in meeting. And it's just about, to your point about managers, managing people and mentoring and coaching them. Like Glenn just, they're little one page hitters about like, yep. look at this. Here's a couple things you can actually do and execute. So that each contributor gave people like Glenn just gave the script to the meeting, like to, to sit down with someone for a couple of minutes and just, yep. you know, make sure you, you got their back. They understand that you're there to support them. Jennifer's stuff is great, but literally for dealers, it's, it's one page each. And like I said, it's not, it's not a long read, but we, we kind of were hoping that we could give dealers at least the, the early mindset now going, um, it doesn't have to be big, broad strokes. It can be baby steps, right? So we thought, yeah, let's build a little ebook and and give them baby steps because I like to what you're saying, and I guess what I'm saying is like people have to start somewhere, and it is daunting when it's like we got to gut all our tech, we got to put in all this new software, we've got to change culture. We, you know, I I get it. It's scary. So yeah, you know, start small. I just downloaded it. Do <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. Let me know right what now. you think. Yeah. yeah. We, we just, you know, we just sort of slapped it, you know, slapped a brief to it and sent it out to some people. And so if you've got, if you've got something, I'll, I'll put yours in the next yeah. one. Yeah, that's, wanna... no, that's wicked. The, the Pash brothers, I, I love them. I, uh, I, <laughs> Glenn and Brian, I think it was, I can't remember which Pash brother they were in um, uh, the Power of Connective Marketing book. And that is Glenn. That's Glenn. So, um, yeah. and then I would, I would somehow I managed to come across PCG online and it's funny. I think they, and they sold, um, whatchamacallit, uh, Vista dash to mm-hmm. car wars. Anyway, uh, car, wars. car wars. Yeah. So it's just the Pash brothers like forced me to get Google analytics certified. Right. And just dive mm-hmm. into that stuff just from that stuff. But yeah, Glenn Pash, it, that's, yeah. A, that's a great resource. So anything that he sort of writes, he's got to be. Yeah. And Glenn, up but there. what I like about what Glenn's sort of focusing on right now, and I know Brian's sort of been on the analytics side and in the data side and reporting and things like that, but Glenn's really been focused on management. And yeah. to, again, to, 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 to go back to some earlier points, just about, you know, some managers are in their office too busy. Like they're, they're desking deals all day. Like, Ownership yeah. doesn't need you desking deals all day. They can hire people for much less money to desk deals while you yeah. go out and ensure that. Because like manager intros too, like if, if if manager intros are happening early and often, there's even a bump there. Like we, we like someone walks in, a fresh walk-in walks into a store and they're coming in at a 22 to 25% closing ratio without anything else. That's like breaking the glass already at 22 to 25%. Yeah. And then if a manager intro happens, you're, at, you're, you're, you're bumping that by at least 10 points by 10 more percent and then if you add a test drive you're getting into the high 40 so you're almost at a 50 percent close rate if your team is working with a process that happens every single time every single customer and it doesn't deviate from person to person like yeah. next person's on deck or whoever however the store is doing it i don't care if they use our software or not but it's just like you know one person for one customer management's involved they're active on the floor they're doing things they're not you know back in the back doing their stuff test drives are actually happening right they're they're encouraging people to test drive because and that's the other thing too like 
like the one, the other like common thread uh, trend on our data every year that never ever changes is 1% of all opportunities that came on our platform. So last year there was like 2.2 million opportunities that were tracked. Um, only 1% uh, um, oh, people that didn't test drive, 1% of all pe like people that didn't test drive of all opportunities that didn't go on a test drive bought a car. 1% so, did not demo, so, but still bought. Yeah, like it, it's only yeah. it's only ever 1%, right? So yeah. all, all those missed opportunities by not test driving people going, oh, they, they just said they didn't want to drive the car. But if you go back in the data year after year, only 1% of that whole opportunity group that like didn't didn't test drive actually bought something. Right. Like, it, like if you don't get them, you know, I mean, it just, it just proves, and, and I tell the dealers that it's like, it's so important to them. It's the one thing that like, online can't give digital right. retailing experience. can't do it that's right no one else the experience of actually driving the car you know like and it's you know like you buy houses you know what i mean do you and i did it one time but um you know do you the buy majority, a house the majority. you go it? look at it yeah yeah you go to an open house you go to showings you go back with your agent and stuff like that and it's the same with a car so you're not going to like get behind the wheel of a car you know like you yeah. may have you may have like stupid money and it doesn't matter and you just go buy cars and figure it out after but most of us aren't in that bracket nor are right. we that you know like you know bold that's but, right well i mean um, you know, speaking of that though real quick i i you know i i drive an equinox and so but i've been dealing with the dealer i worked at because they're in town it's been nine years i've known them and i just call my guy go yeah my lease is due in july i need another equinox and he just arranges it, yeah. and I don't have to drive it in that scenario because I already like the vehicle. I know I'm going to fit in it, but yeah, I agree with you. You know, you've got to dread the car. Yeah, you don't. Well, I, used, I used to do that. I used to do that too all the time. I had my dealer, and I would just go, "Yeah, lease is coming up. How about I drive this?" And then after like four-ish years ago, I had back surgery. Yeah, and now I'm really noticing different cockpits, right? Like just yep. the different different seats and, yep. and how that affects me. So there's there's things that you know like 50 year old guys like to buy, you know, to drive around in, well, I can't cause I can't sit in half that shit. Cause it hurts yeah. my back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fit it. Cause I'm too tall. Everyone's like ban the Ferrari. I'm like, I don't care about the Ferrari. Why not? I don't fit in it. Like I'm not gonna, it, and funny you say yeah. back, I haven't had surgery, but you know, I've, I've recently uh, in the last year moved from uh, a cruise to an Equinox only because it sits up higher. Just, it's so much, it's easier on my back getting in and out. And uh, right. my wife drives the, the cruise because her back's okay. But, yeah. but you'll start to think about that. And it's different times right. and the buyers change all the time. Like the buyer's needs change. So, yep. you know, so that's a nugget for your team, man. You see yeah. someone in there walking in over the age of 40, yeah. they're probably going to want to sit in the vehicle unless they're a, re they're a recurring customer of yours. And they're like, they're coming in for their appointment because they've called you and said, I need another forerunner or an equinox or whatever they're driving but if they're not and they're certain ages you're like yeah these people will test drive there's no excuse for you not to put them in the car right i always always ask people you know hey brent at some point you're probably going to, want to try the vehicle on just like you would if you were buying a, a suit or jeans or a t-shirt right and they go yeah of course I'm like, okay great you know and so i used to well, i wouldn't say test drive i'd say when are you going to try this on right because it kind of connected mm -hmm. that reference of when you buy clothes, you try them on nine times out of 10, you'll try them on. Unless like my Equinox analogy, it's something like I know my dress shirt 
size. And if I go to Moore's, I, guess, I just walk in and grab it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess the thing with, with that fact too, just the, you know, all the data points and all the, the things of people saying, like people are going into less dealerships than ever before. Like it's 1.4 or whatever right. it is, like whatever the data is, whatever 0.4 of the store looks like. Um, but they're saying that they're doing that, right? So let's let's break this down. So a customer is walking in the store, like it's a walk-in or, you know, it's an appointment, like someone's yep. taking the time to go through, you know, an online lead or mm -hmm. a call or whatever and, and coming in. But you've got, you've got people that are part of that. They, they have decided they're part of that one. You're, you are that one store. That's right. So the fact that everyone on staff should understand that the fact that this person is walking in is pretty much locked down that they, they're, they're picked you because they're, they're pretty certain they're going to do business at this store. Yep. So why don't we try not to completely F and blow that up, right? right. Like, because they, they do. And, and, you know, people to this day still, still harbor um, anxiety about going to dealerships because either the way they're going to get treated or blown off or whatever it is. And it's like, really guys, like knowing that data, knowing the fact that that customer's coming in and they've spent a lot amount, a lot of their time already, like understanding what they want and where they want it. So they, they've done all this work. They, they put all this time and effort into your business. Yep. And into your product and then walked into your store and you guys fuck it all up. Now I gotta put explicit on my podcast. So, yeah, exactly. Oh good. Parental parental things. Nobody Wicked. has the kids. But but that's that's yeah. the that's the, I hear you. the most telling thing. It's like people on the other side of the glass, like the salespeople and the sales managers and stuff have like like you understand that, right? You understand yeah. that they put in a lot of time and hours to make this decision. And yet you either pre-qualify them by the way they look or, yep. you know, whatever it is. And I know every customer is not like that. I know every customer hasn't done that research, but a lot of them have. Odds and the are. fact that we just, odds are, and, and, and you, you treat them like everybody else. It's like, yep. treat them like, treat them like they've made a great decision. That's treat right. them like, you know, you, you know, you couldn't wait, you can't wait to help them. I learned right? like, Yeah. Like, I remember back in the day I had a, a customer come in. And her uh, first name was Angela. I can't remember her last name. And I wouldn't say it online anyway, because I don't have her permission. But she came in. It was my up. And she said, hi, I'm Angela. I said, hi, I'm Brandon. She says, see that red Chevy Cruze over there? I go, yeah. She goes, uh, I've been looking at that for two weeks. I want to buy that one. And it's also available at Nurse. So I want you to convince me. That you, I want you to prove why I should buy it here and not there. Went, okay. So we just went for a walk and I just started to, I just built a relationship and talked to her and answered her questions and didn't hide anything and yada and she bought the car for me. Right. So it was Yeah, it was because learning. you listen you listened to her. Right. And that was, so that was one of the learning things. And then you said something about um pre qualifying people. We had a and this is you know, I, it sucks that you have to learn in situations, but I was always told you know, don't pre-qualify someone by the way they look because, you know, farmers have lots of money, 18-year-old kids. Yeah, they're paying cash. Right? That's right. So I, I get this. Uh, I'm in the showroom. Uh, our, our, our particular lot has our new vehicles across the road. Uh, three kids looking at a Camaro. And one of the used car guys goes over and they say, hey, we want to look at Camaros. And they go, yeah, just go over there in the new car building and ask for a salesperson. And they call over. I was the next up. They go, hey, there's three people coming over looking at a Camaro. And they'll come in and they're like 18 years old. And so, yeah, I won't lie. The first part went great. <laughs> Here we go. But then I said, you know what? I'm just going to ask them a couple questions. So I said, how you doing? I'm Brandon. Uh, he said his name. I was Brian. I said, uh, so you're looking at Camaros? He goes, yeah. I said, 
how much time do you have today? He goes, not a lot. And I said, are you looking to drive? Are you looking to get information? What's the, what's the game plan today? He says, I'm looking to get information. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he didn't, so, cause I wanted to eliminate the joy ride out of the gate just to make sure, right. Just to pre-qualify a little bit. And uh, yeah. his, his dad passed away a few months earlier, left him 150 grand and he wanted to buy a Camaro cause him and his dad worked on an old one. Right. And so had I pre-qualified and misjudged, he would have gone down the road and bought another car. Right. So it's just, right. it's funny you say, don't pre-qualify, don't, don't judge. And it's true. People come to stores terrified of dealerships and we don't give it our all. We, we make our own pre, you know, presumptions and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I, it's like a I remember cycle. walking. Yeah. And you know how I dress and, and, and kind of stuff <laughs> I wear. And it's obvious, like I was walking to this dealership in Ottawa once and you know, I had my bag or whatever. So it was like, it was kind of clear, like, you know, I was a vendor or whatever. Um, may, perhaps, maybe they didn't know that, right? Like I could have been anyone to your point, right? Yep, About yep. Like, oh, here comes another vendor. Maybe he's not a vendor, right? I like his hat. But the looks like the looks I got. Yeah. I think I was still like wearing hats pretty regularly then, but I remember walking in and I remember like I could see them right through the glass. I had like, I could see the sales manager's desk, like stand up desk. He's standing there eyeing me up and down and the, the, you know, the dealership shark, the, the, (laughs) you know, the savvy vet, he's eyeing me up and down. Neither one of them like say hello to me as I walk through the door. The one guy still leaning against like, you know, he's sticking right by his buddy, the sales manager. So he can, you know, burn through more ups all day long. And I asked them, I said, hi, I'm here to see Brian. And they literally said to me, they, the one guy motions over to behind him and goes, well, you'll go over to that desk and she'll help you out. Oh, man. So they didn't do the Disney and training. I, I, lit, I lit both guys up with their, you know, when I was meeting with the GM, I totally lit both guys up. And I wrote a great review while I was walking to the general manager's office. I showed him it before I put it up on the ice in it. Um, because I was like, you know, this this matches like they had one the week before. I'm like, you're you're aware of this, right? Like I just said, like you had this woman who bought her first car, came in with her mom, and wrote this one of the most beautifully written reviews, tearing down a dealership I've ever read. And not once did she get angry. Not once did she, you know, talk like I talk. She just she was very polite and she went through a very detailed observation of how awful her buying experience was as a yeah. first time buyer and not good enough for the veteran guys. Cause she's not enough gross. Like she sniffed it all out. And I sh- <laughs> and I sh- I'm like, dude, are you reading these? Like uh-huh. how bad this is here? Like, and I don't want that for these guys. Cause I think dealers, you know, really do have those struggles. And, it, and it's, it's that it, it's interesting, right? Cause the de- you know, the owner may not want to get on ride the management too much and management. Right. You know, through their own bad habits, aren't engaging their staff or not? Be, you know, are, are there or not because of bad habits? It's just, you know what I mean. It's, but but you read that stuff and 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 everyone goes, oh, we're we're a people business. Yep. No, you're not. You're a car. You're you, you're a car business. True. You know, but, you're not but, you're not a pe- you're not a people business until people are like until people are going out of that dealership yeah, and telling their friends yeah, and family yeah. how awesome you guys are. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, I'm a big proponent of the relationship part, but you're right. And you know, until they're until they're interacting with you and and whatnot, we you know, you sell cars, but you know, uh, yeah, it's 
people are a big part but of that's, it. But that's when it's a people business. Right. It's that true grassroots word of mouth where people go, go see Brandon at yes. the dealership. Yes. He yes. took great care of me. Like yeah. that's, that's a people business because yeah. people are actually doing your heavy lifting at that point. I knew I did it right for a bit when I had a, a woman call me uh, two or three years after I'd sold her a car and I wasn't working at the dealership anymore. I had the same phone number and she said, uh, hi, is Brandon there? I said, speaking. She says, hi, it's so-and-so. Uh, you probably don't remember. I said, no, I sold you a 2010 Pontiac Vive. We replaced the radio. And I'm pretty sure I helped drive your old car, which was a Sebring convertible back home with your son. And she goes, oh my God, I have to sit down. <laughs> it's like, I just have a decent memory for things like that. But yeah, I hope everything's well. And I said, and she was looking for another car. So it's just, you know, it's that I, I think, you know, the, back to what I said earlier about taking taking for granted the, the walk-in traffic. You really have to, if people buy from you, you have to make your calls. You have to touch base and, and with value and content and, and some quality quality information. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to segue. It's time, and it's, it's time consuming. Oh, yeah, right. But, <laughs> but if, you're not using, time. if you're not using Next Up to help organize your time or if you're not doing some sort of time management, you're going to feel busy all day because you don't know where to start, but you're not spending five hours in front of customers a day. No, and you're not really, and you're not selling cars. You're maybe doing three or four a month. Right. And, and you could be doing so much more. And so I, I want to add something before I ask a, another question. Um, sure. On that next up five hours, um, I told you earlier that I use that everywhere I go. And so um, yeah. I read, I read uh, I've been reading a ton in the last uh, five years. And so I read The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. Have you read that book? Yeah. Okay. So it, it the, the, you know, the synopsis, the quick, the quick one was, you know, change small, you know, change three little small things and eventually it'll, it'll tip over. You don't have to change these huge things. And so right. I talk everywhere I go, I talk to salespeople and when I'm training a, a room of salespeople, I talk about the CRM. I talk about this. I go here to try this for six months and call me in six months and tell me you're at. I said, come in 30 minutes early, call five people you weren't supposed to you know, reach out to that day. And Right. Only, only waste half the time you're currently wasting. So if you're wasting three hours, waste an hour and a half and use the other and a half effectively and tell me in six months where you are because I guarantee it's not where you are right now. But nobody listens and, and whatnot. So with that, what do you think makes up a good salesperson in 2019? Or, you know, dealers don't know where to find these people. What other industries do you think would be a good match to, to sort of transfer? I always, I always say to dealers, man, look at, look at great. I, I'd say look at two places to find really good people find like um look at people that are coming out of like uh chain not all chains but like look at people that have like taken management roles at places like mcdonald's and things like that that have yeah. gone through their manager training like you know someone is like coming out of school they've worked at mcdonald's all through high school and college and maybe you're like that person's manager material yep time management you know I mean? like to come big time, time oh my god you yeah. know those people are like you know I think that's that's some honestly something to look at or even even when you're looking at people that are working at McDonald's to go hey like you may not be going like you know because some people work at those places and maybe they're not going to college but they're really they're teachable you know what I mean they're teachable yep. everyone's teachable doesn't you know just because you're you know working a day job and decide not to go to university doesn't mean you can't be a successful person no nope. you'll know, be given a chance but then there's a lot of people in that, like big box retail and other places like that too that understand that may have more of a like a lockdown. Like I, I say to dealers, go to an Apple store and poach everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like seriously, yeah, I said that to yeah. guys like in a couple of years ago at a conference and it melted their heads. They're like, why have we thought about that? And I'm like, because you stick in your old same things and do the same thing day out, day in, day out. You have your routine and you don't, You everyone looks at 
inside them. Everyone looks inside the vertical for stuff. So it's like, look at those retail, like those big box retails that do a really great job of structure and teamwork. Those people are completely moldable. And I said, yeah, grab somebody who's had some time at an Apple store and get them in and like have them be a part of your new like culture team. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what did they do in order to like have everyone like, you know, get on the same page. Cause you go into some of those retail experiences and they're dynamite because it's hammered in and it's not to say you got to like hammer it into people, but they, they're just, they're big opera. They're bigger than, you know, like an Apple store or, you know, yep. major clothes. Like they're bigger than just one dealership. It's a bigger monster. They have to have that sort of process in place and, and those things. And, and it ha it does happen. Like the, the same sort of bad habit retail crap, you know, goes on at places like Best Buy. Like we yep. wrote a blog about it. We knew a kid who wanted to sell. Like he, he wanted to learn. He loved electronics and video games and, you know, home theater and was working at Best Buy and you know one of the managers was helping people skate skate on deals and stuff and they were having deals with people and he left after his first month he was just like enough of this I'm not you know I'm not getting a fair shake and, and you know so that's again those are things that we're looking at next up is like how do we push in other verticals because that's all people want that are working in sales like especially new people they just want a fair fair right. shot at that's incoming right. traffic and as an ownership or as a company, that's what you should be giving them based on your marketing efforts, not allowing two or three people to completely sully that for everybody else. But it does, but it does happen. So I think dealers, like one of the things is, you know, put yourself out there and start looking at other verticals where they have just great, like, you know, where do you go shopping that you really like the experience? Oh, I'd like this store here. Yep. Why don't you start looking at stores like that then for people that you can hire at your dealership? I'm big on restaurants like servers and bartenders who sure. talk to random strangers all the time and, and they're working for a tip type of thing. Right. And so yeah. that for me is just that whole, they know the product, they know the menu, they, they get to know you. And then as far as the repeat business, like I used to do that, uh, I worked at Eastside Mario's as a bartender and lots of different stuff. And I would remember as many customers as I could just to, you know, make Brent feel great when he came in. I said, you having another, you know, let me guess a water and, uh, you know, amatriciana. Like, how do you remember mm -hmm. that? Right. It's just, Hey, it's just, it's what I'm supposed to do. Right. So I always tell dealers, I'm like, they're always like, we can't hire anybody. No one's looking. I'm like, well, why are they not looking or, or why don't they not considering it? And where are you looking for people? Because, you know, it's the only, it's one of, I don't know any others off the top of my head, but it's one of the only industries you can make six figures with a high school education. Yeah. Right. You don't have to go to university to work in. I mean, you don't have to go to university really to you need experience. But you yeah. know, like university, I think university is way overblown for a lot of things. I think like the whole society's put like this whole on its own. Yeah. You know, you have to go to university for stuff. It's like, yeah, you can go for four years and have your bachelor of fine arts, knock yourself out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't go. You know, but you you build off of it yeah. naturally and do other things yeah. with with your degrees and stuff. But like you said, like yeah, you can you can make a really good living and, and, you know, have things that and build towards things that you want in your life, like a home or cars or family and vacations. You can, yeah, it's a great yeah. industry for that. You know, it's, 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 it's a resilient industry and it will keep evolving. It's not going to get, eat, I don't believe it's going to get eaten up by, you know, autonomous cars. And no, I think you still need yeah. like that. They'll move with, they'll move with it. They have no choice, yeah. but they and will I think, do that. And, uh, I think the human touch as far as relationships with somebody like, you know, I'm so happy I can call my, my you know, the guy I go see is Scott and I'm like, hey, Scott, 
I, you know, can I come in? Sure. Right. I think you always, you know, for, for 80 to 90% yeah. of consumers, you're going to need that, that, you know, friend in the car business at the dealership level, and there might be 10 or 20% that don't, they don't care. And they're just going to buy a piece of metal and, and they don't want to talk to anybody. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Um, and there definitely are people like there, you know I mean? We, we've got such a big melting pot of it, like, you know, and where yeah. we are, in the yeah. like there's so many different cultures and so many different people. And some cultures like don't, don't really put the bigger value maybe on the relationship over the deal. Right. And, yep. and it, it, you know, depending on where you're from and, and you know, how you, how you do your business. Right. So, you know, those, those are different challenges in different areas, right? Like every, every single dealership has a, has a unique story about who comes and buys there and you know, what they're doing. But does, does the next up have uh, sales training, manager training? Is there any sort of, or is it just, here's the product we train you on the product mm-hmm. or do you guys have like a side suite of, we also do consulting for dealerships? we we don't do that like we don't come in with any sort of side package saying we'll okay. we'll consult and train you up we've got like great people that you know you know like for instance if if we know of a store it's like well we're struggling with our crm it's like well it sounds like you need to bring someone in to kind of get everyone home back up you've got to you know call brendan yeah like we you know we we have people from you know like i said before from from like the jennifer suzuki's to the mark tour it's like you know people we know that are consultants joe webb you know bill playford good old joe webb if if, if they need tra- that kind of training we we send that over to them when people come on next up though we actually do two full days in in store that like on so we'll do a guidelines call beforehand yep. so we'll get every every manager that needs to be on the call like everybody has to be on the call from you know if we can get ownership that's great and then we get all the managers on everyone has to be on because like we don't like walking into stores either and having half the staff go, Oh, right. we didn't know. You were yeah. Uh, you know, don't get me started. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But, but again, that is a screw. You know what I mean? That is, yeah. you know, that's the story. Every vendor says is, yeah, I walked into the store to train everybody. And no one knew what was going on. Uh, oh, I thought um, you were coming so next we, week. <laughs> yeah. We try to avoid that by having yeah. this guidelines call. And then we, a trainer will go up for two days to, to train on the, you know, train on it. Everyone in next up two has been, on the lot selling cars you know something in automotive at one time or another so they all have their own stories that they can you know our trainers are fantastic um but uh and they'll go they'll go back in and do retrains because naturally as we were talking that you know dealerships have turnover and new staff and new hires so if there's sort of a wave of hires then you know guys will be back up in the road i think john Piquet, our canadian trainer and um you know, he was out three weeks out west, just with new clients and some retrains, and you know, just just doing doing that out there. So, um, it's it's not uncommon for us to go back into a store, but yeah. we don't go in and go, oh well, you know, clearly this is working, but your salespeople need more training. We'll, you know, we'll have those one on ones with a manager or something, and say, oh, have you done the management by fire, or have you ever had Jennifer Suzuki in charge? You know, maybe maybe this is a Bill and Joe sort of job. You need your yeah. data sort of cleaned up and looked at and Joe can come in and just help do the, you know, the training or whatever. Right. Or so we, we just try to, we try to, we try to always make sure that we are, um, we are looked upon as trustworthy as well. Like we try yeah. not to, um, we try not to put every scenario into something that can be a benefit of us because we know we're, we want to just do next up really, really well. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to be everything to everyone. And we also want to demonstrate that we're transparent by saying, we have some great people that we know that can do that too. And I think for us, that goes a long way Right. that we can, we can freely share others information because I think also that sort of 
you know, and if a dealer, you know, reaches out to you and gets you in to help with some dealer socket stuff and they come away with that, you know, with a, you know, great session and Brandon killed it. And everyone's on, everyone understands the product, like the product now, everyone's a bit sharper with it. Everyone's using it better. That also looks good on us. Oh yeah. Clint introduced Brandon to us or whatever, whoever right. that was. It's but the connector. It's being connected within the industry in a sense where. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to what we were talking yeah. about with those customers, right? Like you do that for a dealer. Right. And, um, and everybody benefits because right. that'll come back on YouTube at some point. Yeah. I just think, you know, I think for the, on the vendor side, I mean, I just want dealers to succeed. Right. And, and I, and the fact that I've been able to witness dealers, you know, succeed and not succeed from, from Edmonton and Newfoundland and, you know, best practices and, you know, you're trying this, let's tweak it here and, you know, tell me, you know, it's just, you know, or, you know, here's next up call Brent or here's a sales trainer or here's a website company, even though, you know, we have, we have a website company, but you've had it before. You don't like it. Okay. Here's two others you should try or what DMS. Yeah. I think it's, I think that relationship on the, you know, not to change yeah. topics, but yeah, it's, it's extremely important. Yeah. And I, I just think it's, you know, and I think a lot of us up here North of the border have sort of understood that, you know, for, for years now is like, you know, put, put, put good people in front of your, your clients and it, yep. and it all, you know, what goes around comes around. Yep, exactly. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up here. Um, you're going to have right. an opportunity. There's a, there's a, I go through rapid fire. It's my favorite part. <laughs> I, okay. I'm going to ask you 15. It's not my favorite part. I like talking about a whole bunch of random stuff, but it's just 15 questions like yes or no's favorite, this favorite, that, you know, pinker, you know, whatever. Okay. The, right. So it's going to be, uh, 15 of those the last one is sort of a, an open question where you get to answer however you want so if you're ready sure. i'm gonna start rapid fire okay okay go. question number one favorite color blue that's like the common answer uh coke or pepsi neither okay when you did drink coke or pepsi was a coke or pepsi Coke, because <laughs> everyone's had Coke or Pepsi. So, are you off the pop? Are you off no alcohol? No, yeah, obviously. like I'll, I'll have I'll have the odd ginger yeah. ale here, there, yeah, maybe here. maybe a root beer if I'm feeling stiffy. But no, I don't I don't drink a lot of soda. Yeah, same here. Uh, we never we never have it. We never have it at home. We might have like six cans at the trailer. Poison, in the man. <laughs> I'm reading I'm reading a book called the the Hacking of the American Mind. And uh -huh. it talks about sugar and, oh my God, I don't oh, yeah. even, oh, it's disgusting. Anyway. Okay. Question. Yeah, and I thought booze was bad. Right. Right. Terrible. Right. Uh, question three, white or brown bread? Brown. Okay. Lay's potato chips or Ruffles potato chips? Ruffles. Okay. Favorite superhero. Aren't they made by the same people? Though? I, I don't know. I just random. I random ran. Ruffles, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good. Yeah. Ruffles. So, okay. So favorite superhero. Uh, favorite superhero it was uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Okay, I don't even know who mm -hmm. that is. I'll have to research that one. Um, this, Marvel this, comic. This may not apply because I'm not sure, but it applies for me. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? Uh, I was always a PlayStation guy. Okay. I don't have one anymore, but okay. I I was a yeah first gen into yep. maybe actually I only think I went to like a two. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, your so first, this is, this is again, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people, uh, in front, in the car business, especially, uh, cause I have a, I'll tell you why after you answer the question. So question sure. seven, first car. Uh, first car was a Datsun B210. A what? A Datsun B210. Sweet. And manual or automatic? 
Oh, it's manual. And nothing I in it. I had to right? learn how to drive stick crank to drive it. Yeah, wicked. And oh, there's nothing in it. This right, thing yeah. had plastic, like, hubcaps. <laughs> it was, radio was taped into it. Like, I was in college. I, like, this car, this car was a death trap. That's and, wicked. Uh, it was gold colored. Uh, wicked. Uh, My favorite car Yeah, of all I needed time. to get back and forth to school. Uh, that's wicked. My favorite car of all time is actually a Datsun 510. Uh, never owned one. Okay. It's a small car, but okay. Uh, question eight. This might be tough. Uh, most impactful mentor slash hero growing up or, you know, recent business life. Like, is there anyone that off the top of my head goes mentor or a hero growing up? Go. Uh, well, yeah, I guess I, I, I could, I'll give you three. Okay, uh, I'll give you uh, Sheldon OG, uh, Sheldon O'Gorman. He was my very first sponsor in AA. He okay. was a huge mentor for me. And, you know, cause I, I walked into those rooms at like in my twenties. So, Okay. He was uh, 30 or 40 years into his program at the time. So he, uh, yeah, he was a mentor for me for my first 10 years. And okay. yeah, he was amazing. Um, Joe Strummer okay. of The Clash, you know, and uh, and uh, another mentor. Um, I'd have to, I'm going to say my Uncle John, like, you know, my, my you know, people say their dad and stuff. Yep. Um, but uh but I lived for, for a lot of years. I lived really far away from a lot of my, my family. And it, like when I was in high school, I moved out and did my thing. And it, I, I, it's a completely different backstory. But um, and my family moved up to San Diego while I stayed up in Canada. So there's a lot of years I wasn't there. But um, my dad's sister's husband, my Uncle John, was a, uh, yeah, a great mentor. Like, you know, because he, he was from the bank and uh, yeah. Uh, is, is long retired now, but was a VP, I think, at Canada Trust. But he was just a guy who really taught me the importance of real estate and just different things. And I could always bounce stuff off of him. So Joe Strummer, cool. my Uncle Johnny Sheldon O'Gorman. Okay, cool. <laughs> Favorite season of the year? Fall. Um, uh, fiction or nonfiction books? Which do you prefer reading? None. And is there any particular genre? I know this is a tough one. Like, is there any particular topic that you're reading about lately? I've been reading a lot of political stuff lately. Um, I just, I finished Woodward's. Uh, yeah, I, 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 a couple of things. I, I read Wood, Woodward's book, Fear, um, on the Trump White House, which was a really fascinating read. Uh, Woodward is part of the you know, Watergate stuff way back in yeah. the day, uh, writing. Um, so I, I like his writing. I, I read his stuff. But actually, um, a book I listened to, which, uh, which is nonfiction, which was probably the best thing I listened to all year, was uh, the Beastie Boys book. The Beastie Boys. Okay, sweet. I saw oh, that. At, fantastic. Uh, Listen, like it's a great coffee table book because apparently in the book there's all sorts of like photography and recipes yep. and like how to stuff. But if you listen to it on Audible, they have all sorts of people reading the chapters. It's like literally a who's who and people you wouldn't expect. It's amazing sweet. to listen to the book being read by people. Yeah, fantastic. Um, this is a, a, a random one. What are you obsessed with right now? Is there anything you're just obsessed with? Anything I'm obsessed with right now. So example um, for me is I'm all, all I'm reading is psychology books. I'm obsessed okay. with it. Um, I don't know if I'm truly like, again, I, I, I don't classify myself as, you know, an obsessive like okay. anymore. Cause I, you know I mean? I was one, but um, I'm really obsessed with my new recore mattress. What? What you? So say? Douglas, uh, Nova Nova's bed is a Canadian company. Yeah, 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 Douglas. Yeah. Okay. Memory foam mattress or whatever, and they make a uh, 
one for athletes called the Recore mattress. And it's sort of more designed to get that optimal eight hours of sleep, which I, I value my, I'm obsessive about sleep. There you okay, go. sweet. That's what I'm obsessive about. Sweet. I'm obsessive about sleep and getting eight hours. All right, wicked. That's super important. Well, thank you so for there taking you time tonight. There you go, there you go. Um, are you binge watching anything right now on Netflix or Crave or something or Prime? Video? Uh, yeah, I actually am. Um, I only tend to watch one thing at a time. Okay. I don't cross watch stuff. Okay. Um, at Christmas time, I binged Letterkenny and I'll binge it again. <laughs> okay. it's, it's, it's so good. Um, but I also, um, but right now, and I, I love every second of it. Um, I just, I, I just got, I'm about, I mean, the third season of Billions right now. Like I'm tearing Billions. Billions. Yeah, I want to go, I want to watch that. I just haven't, I got to find it. It's really it. good. Yeah. Like I, I've got Craven, I've got things. But like I said, so Letterkenny was Christmas right now. It's like when I do sit down to watch TV, like Billions. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a sports guy. Like, so, you know, behind me, you know, the Leaf game is on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, then I'll watch, uh, there's early, uh, March Madness tonight. Like the first yep. four games are, are St. St. John's and Arizona are playing tonight. So I'll probably watch that. If it's, if it's football, NFL football or hockey or college basketball, I'll watch that first. But, um, okay. but I will billions right now. is my thing. I, I, I still haven't seen game. Okay, cool. Uh, Apple or Android? Uh, right now, Apple. Okay. I was Android before it. I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not militant to either one. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is a long question. Uh, is there anything, is there anything most people don't know about you such as uh, like example, you can juggle while standing on one leg or do you have a party trick? Is there anything that people don't know about you? That's kind of weird. Um, I wouldn't they, say it's kind of weird, but um, when I was at one point, <laughs> one point in my early adulthood, my day started with two hours of ballet class every day. Really? And most people don't know yeah. that about you, but now they do. <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? Most were you, people don't. were you into sports back then? Uh, I was, I, I played, I played competitive volleyball all through high school and then okay. played some college, but I was studying. The reason why I took that, I was in ballet class every morning was because I went to school originally to be a music theater performer. So I was trained in acting, singing and dance. And I, I happened to be just, I, I was good at, like I was good at dance. I started, um, kind of halfway through high school when I got interested okay. in theater more than, than that. So I was already, you know, into dance classes and stuff. And then I got put into this advanced dance program. And that was like that my morning started with ballet bar, like early first part of the morning, I just had to stretch and do all that stuff. That was, that was part of the course every morning for three years of school. And then after you got out as an actor, you, you know, you took the you know, tap, you know, I mean, I could tap dance and I could, yeah. you know, I used to, I, I'm a ballet trained, I, I can say I'm a ballet trained dancer. Wow. That's pretty wild. Um, okay. Last. Yeah. You wouldn't know at meeting. No, no. At one point in my life. uh, That's wicked. I love love it when, uh, that's why I asked the question. (laughs) Yeah. I had more of a propensity, but I found out after going to school for music theater that I had my love of punk rock never really went away. Right. right. It didn't mesh well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. If you had an opportunity to pass along a message to dealerships, what would it be? This is sort of your open platform for, you know, why next up or, or how to move forward from the old or whatnot. Like what's a message you would give to, to dealers? It's a tough one. You know, eh? it, it's, I, I, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be hungry about it, but, but there's a, there's a saying I, I have like a hashtag from a talk I gave called do one thing different today. 
And I really do believe in that. And I try to do that every day myself, right? It's just, yeah. it's just a, like, like you were talking earlier about small steps. It's just take, take one thing a day and try to get a win out of it and, yeah. and, and be honest and, and, and thorough with that. Like, and I think that's with, I also think that's sort of the mandate with next up is um, for us is have, make sure everyone is bought in on this. Right. And that's like any piece of software, but we say that like you, you, you need to ensure that your entire organization is on the same page on this because the wins will come faster than, than the time it will take you to like cancel your subscription because no one's using it. Right. Um, and and I, I really think at next up, we do believe that is like, we, we've built, um, really nimble, smart technology that doesn't cost a lot of money. That's only there to make a business more profitable and, mm -hmm. you know, build their culture up of their own people internally and just get rid of bad habits. So if, if that's basically what we're doing by, by redefining the sales process, if I was a dealer, I would, I would be taking a hard look and thank you for you know giving me that moment to say that, but I don't know. I, I just don't understand how dealers are going to, continue to think they can keep their heads above water um by absolutely not changing anything. right right they need a course in like change management right like hey we gotta embrace yeah. the change or what's the and i guess it's funny because i and sort of whacked on it yeah. I just because i think dealer principals are used to it like right. they've had everything thrown at them that they possibly could have they have yeah. they have adversity all the time yeah but it's like why can't we just get like store culture changed everyone's so focused on marketing and everything else but no one's focused on like the people that actually have to greet your customers. Yeah. Cool. Well, Hey, listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I'm not sure if you're traveling or not right now, but um, I do appreciate you jumping on a call with me and having a quick chat. No, thank you very much. No, it's a good time for me. I've, I've taken a little bit of a spring break from uh, speaking and, but that's going to probably ramp up very quickly. So I will be out on the road, but uh, hopefully our paths will cross, sir. I know we're yeah. not too far away from each other. Hey, but, are, um, yeah. are you at the remarketing show this past week? Were you there a lot today or yesterday? I did not go, yeah, and I, uh, I, 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 you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it, uh, it was, it was. We can just cut this out of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know I what? Just, I, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Off the record, I don't know. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was well attended. But okay. It, well, hey. like you said, it's busy times. NATO. Yeah. Hey, NADA wasn't well attended. That's so. right. Well, that I think that has you to know, do with twenty. I think the outlook on twenty nineteen. Maybe. Yeah. And I, it, so it, it's a time. No, you're exactly right. Like things like Arc and Ace and NADA, like all the shows, I think are probably going to see a little bit of a dip this year because yeah, dealers are like, oh, I can't really fly a bunch of people across the country or you know yep. even like you know we're in ottawa we can't send a bunch of people down to toronto for a couple yep. of days hotels yep. like we just you know people are got their people are keeping the purse strings tight right so yep. all the shows are going to see i think all the shows are going to see um a bit of a dip okay cool well hey thanks for the chat i'm going to pause the recording and then uh, hang on hang on the line here i will All right. Well, there you had everyone. There you have it, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another Whack Wednesday Spotlight interview. We're trying to do at least one a month, just very tight with scheduling and kids and families and people traveling and doing all sorts of stuff. So I do appreciate you listening and tuning in and uh, look for our next Spotlight interview at the beginning of May. Take it easy. <laughs>